0: In 1993, actor Kevin Sorbo became an international TV star when he was cast as the lead role in Hercules, a series of TV films that would eventually lay the groundwork for the immensely popular series Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. In 1998, Kevin married actress Sam Jenkins, whom he met during her guest appearance on Hercules, and today they have three children. The Sorbos are continuing to tell stories through movies and television shows, that are both impressive and inspiring, but his personal story of faith is even more impactful. Kevin Sorbo is known for making audiences laugh and giving them hope in a very dark world. And he joins me today to talk about his newest movie, Miracle in East Texas. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Kevin, welcome to the show.
1: Good to be here. Good to see you. Glad we worked this out.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we've been like kind of like two ships in the night lately, so it's fine. Yeah. That's what busy people do. That's right. So uh, I've I've been talking about this movie for a while. Sam was on the show talking about it. You've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Yeah. And one of the big things that's going on in the country is we're watching the entertainment industry absolutely circling the drain. Mm. And you guys are providing an alternative to to the garbage, really, entertainment that Hollywood's been cranking out now for decades. I got so many questions for you, but I wanna start at the very beginning. Uh, I love my audience to know a little bit about Kevin and how you came to know the Lord and sort of your passion. What's driving uh, the the Sorbo family, really, to push out good movies for families?
1: That's a lot I gotta answer there. I'm going back to the beginning. Um, I grew up in a little <laughs> town uh, in Minnesota called Mound, Minnesota. It's about 25 miles west of Minneapolis on beautiful Lake Minnetonka. We were home to mm. Tonka Toys, my little town. Nice. And, um, I grew up in a Lutheran Church. Typical Norwegian. I'm second generation Norwegian, and uh, St. John's Lutheran Church is where I grew up. And I think the biggest thing for me, so I've always, I've always been a believer. I was never, never wavered. Away. I may have asked questions as I got a little more mature, a little more older and stuff, but I was never a person that believed that. This just happened, as I tell right, my atheist right. friends. If we're sitting at a table, I go, "Who made this table?" And they go, "Somebody did." And I go, "Exactly, somebody did." <laughs> you know, it didn't somebody just did. appear; it didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> and so, um, so it's always been with me. Right? But I think my my that the pastor at the time, Pastor Sanders, was this older guy. He scared that he scared the hell out of me, which is probably a good thing to have the hell right. scared out of you. But um, <laughs> Uh, it was Pastor Lee, my 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 youth pastor, that I had through my teenage years, which was very instrumental for me. And uh, there was one one thing that stuck with me forever. When I was 13 years old, our our entire church made like six buses go downtown to St. Paul to the St. Paul Fairgrounds to uh, listen to um, the Reverend Billy Graham. And his there was like 300,000 people there. It was unbelievable. Those
0: were the days. It was yeah. outside.
1: It was a hot August night. The full moon was out. And it, to, to be in that, I mean, it really, it was this large, just amazing group of people. And I did something I normally normally wouldn't do. I mean, I was a good student, but I never raised my hand. They had to call on me. But Sam doesn't yeah. like your raising hand anyway. She'll talk about that. That's right. School. I know. Yeah. But <laughs> but, um, but when he called, he said, if you want to come down, I got a bunch of people lined up here to talk to you, pray with you. whatever." And I started walking down. Well, my buddies looked at me because, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I got to go down there. And I was sitting on the grass and I'm talking to this guy. He was like 30 years old. So I was 13. So he's like a really old guy because he was 30. That's and, right. And all of a sudden a hand <laughs> went on my head and I turned around and looked up. It was the Reverend Billy Graham. And he had his he had his protection around him. You know, he's he's got to have protection. And the moon was right behind his head. And so there's rays oh, 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 coming out of his head. <laughs> and he, we talked and he prayed for me. And I thought it was so cool. And I've become very good friends with Frank and Graham through the years now after I grew up. But it was just, it just always stuck with me. And it was huge, huge for me as a kid. And so it's always been with me. And, um, when you know, when you flash forward getting into Hollywood, there's a lot of stuff that happened in between, of course. Um, but when I got there and when I got my big break with Hercules, what I liked about Hercules, the writers at that time, because they probably wouldn't, they probably make Hercules a transgender today. I mean, I, yeah. I don't say that's sarcastic. I mean, they probably no. would. Yeah. And, or they, they would make him a woman I mean, something. Because it's like, apparently men, which will lead us to my latest book, are, are useless. And they're, they're, they're you know, they're, this whole thing about embracing masculinity is a horrible thing to have men be men and women be women. It's horrible. Yeah,
0: can't have that. Can't, can't have, have that.
1: that. But um, I, I, they wrote him in such a great way, in almost a biblical way, because he never caused fights to start. He always tried to stop them. There was always really good moral messages in Hercules. I and, mean, you know, by season three of our seven-year run, we actually became the most-watched TV show in the world in 176 countries. It was amazing to be part of something like that. But then I started looking at Hollywood and the movies that they're doing. After I did, I did seven years in that, five years on Andromeda, which was Gene Roddenberry's first show after Star Trek. So I played Captain Dylan Hunt, the first captain, never after Captain Kirk. And that was cool for me because I loved the original Star Trek series. But then I started doing a bunch of movies. I did a movie called Avenging Angel, where I played a pastor turned bounty hunter because my wife and son were killed by outlaws. And then he realized his way was not the right way to go. And I thought, that's kind of cool. I like that kind of movie. And then when Hollywood kicked me out, I'm the first cancel culture victim. They booted me out. You to talk about that
0: of, a little bit. They yeah, me out why? about 11
1: years ago. So cancel culture, I was the first one before that was an actual term because I'm a Christian and conservative. And I looked at my agent and went, wow, you guys are always talking about... Um, you know, tolerance and freedom Mm -hmm. of speech. But we know they're hypocrites. And that's a one way street with them. Because I don't harbor that kind of anger and hatred towards people that have a different religious point of view, non religious, different political affiliation. To me, it's like live and let live. That's why it's up there. let's have a debate. But the Mm -hmm. left way of debating is just with hate and anger. And And silence, yelling, silence you. yeah, I say, if you yell at me, it still doesn't make what you're saying correct. You know? So why don't we just have a nice conversation? And that's when I said, okay, I love the industry. Let's form Sorbo Studios. So we did sorbostudios.com. And my first really faith-based movie was with Dallas Jenkins, who's doing the shows now. And it's called What If? And I shot it with John Ratzenberger and uh, Chrissy Swanson. And in my book, I've shot over 80 movies, same writers that did God's Not Dead, which is a huge, huge hit four years later. But What If, in my book, far better movie. And the writers of God's Not Dead don't mind me saying that because they think it's a better movie too, right? <laughs> I Encourage people to see What If. It's an amazing, amazing movie about being given a what if from God in your life. Because all everybody in our life is saying, what if I had married that person? What if I had taken that job? What if I turned right instead of left when I went down that day? And that other thing wouldn't have happened because every day in our life, it's choices, right? There's an opportunity. There's hundreds of opportunity costs because you only can do one thing at a time. There's right. so many other things that could have happened that you'll never know what it would have led you to, good or bad. And What If it was just a wonderful movie about a guy that gets a second chance at life when God said, You're going down the wrong road. You're always meant for this road. But if you don't want to like, if you don't like that road after you go down it, you can always go back to the road you had. So it's really, it's a wonderful, touching, funny, heartwarming, tearjerker. Uh, you know, and I said, these where are can people find that? Do. And this is the movies that I'm going to keep doing. Go to sorbostudios.com. We can send you an autograph copy out there. listeners, right now. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. And I've done more wonderful movies since then because of that movie.
0: Mm. It's amazing. And what an amazing time, Kevin, to be mm. a believer yeah. in the culture today, you know, rather than run from it. You're running to it. Sam and I were talking uh, last week on the phone. She doesn't. She said she doesn't call it cancel culture. She calls it a culture of unforgiveness. Yeah, And that's really what it is. You have a difference sure. of opinion. I don't forgive you. So I'm not going to give you a chance to explain yourself. Yeah. I don't want to have a debate with you. I just cancel you. We're done. It's unforgiveness. And as Christians, we're called to a life of forgiveness, right?
1: Well, it's interesting because the left always says they've always claimed to be the party of tolerance and you know, let's all get along and let's every people need to look at the, the the word liberal, what it stands for. It really stands for everybody's opinion is OK with us. The mm-hmm. party of the left, if you go back to the 60s, when it really took off in terms of, you know, the the hippie culture and the free love and the Vietnam War kicked off stuff. The party the left used to always say, you know, don't listen to the man, you know, and the band was the government. Right. And they're the yes. ones during COVID that embraced everything the government said. Um, They took the fear that government put into everybody and just said, yeah, wear a mask. Oh, take a shot. If you don't take a shot, you're killing grandma. Oh, you still got COVID. Okay, take a second shot and wear two masks. Oh, you still got COVID. Okay, take a third. How many times... How many shots and masks do we got to wear? Dude, to the guy on Fox News, seven BS. shots. Oh, my God. Seven shots. Yeah. Did
0: you see that clip, Kevin? Oh. They showed this guy. who's yeah. like a, a Fox News host. He's like, hey, you're going to get the, the shot. You're going to yell. Probably get the new one. He goes, how many shots you up? Do you go seven? How many times you have COVID? Four times. Yeah.
1: It shows you it was useless and show, look what it did to the world. Look how many people lost jobs. Look at the depression skyrocketed, alcoholism, child abuse, spousal abuse, suicides, all this yeah. stuff went crazy. But shh, let's not talk about that because we're making a lot of money with Pfizer right now and we're paying hospitals $19,000 yeah. for every COVID case. And if they died, we paid them $39,000. If you're going to pay me thirty nine dollars to lie, I'm going to lie my ass off until I make enough That's money right. to make my next movie.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I had uh, David Brody was here at the Homeschool Resource Center last night. They're doing a story on what we're doing here in the Northwest. And we were just sitting across the table, just casually talking about all the people we know that died, uh, either from the shot or because they were given remdesivir. And I finally said to him, I said, can you can you even believe how casually we're sitting here talking about what can Mm -hmm. only be described as a genocide?
1: There's no question. And Bill Gates wanted it to happen. He should be in prison. Fauci should be in prison. Yeah. I've got Fauci on tape when they asked him when COVID first started back in 2020, when he started coming out, do we need to wear a mask? He said, no, you're not going to need a mask. Uh, it's yeah. on there. He got, he got behind the, 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 you know, d- nothing behind the curtain here in Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And they said, dude, don't say that. Tell them to wear a mask. Yeah. We want to control their lives. Yeah. Close down, yeah. The, let's close down churches. Let's close down um, schools.
0: Yeah.
1: The, that's yeah. where they backfired. Yeah. When they close yeah, down, the down the schools, parents started looking at the school and said, huh, this school board absolutely sucks. They're all a bunch of communist lovers. And we need to stop using public schools as a babysitting service for our kids. Come on. Two million more families are not homeschooling. So Sam and I were yeah. doing the wave a lot with that. That was one place that backfired. But a lot of things backfire on the left. They're, they're the snake that eats their own tail.
0: Yeah, it's really true. And yeah. I believe they're going to start. I mean, we're coming into an election, right? Oh, yeah. And so what do you say? You think they're going to try to bring the lockdowns back? And the they mask already are talking and- about it.
1: They're already talking. Well, maybe we should bring masks back. It's been proven masks are absolutely useless. You saw the yeah. joke of it. Go into the restaurant, wear your mask. But as soon as you sit down, you can take your mask off. Yeah,
0: because COVID's going to go over your head. Yeah. It'll when just you, right when over When you get head.
1: on a plane, stay six feet apart. You're sitting in economy. 29 people will be closer than six feet to you. But as you're walking, stay six feet apart. Six feet mean nothing. I know many doctors. I interviewed 500 doctors during COVID. And they said, if you really want to not get a cold, you got to be 20 feet apart from people at least. Well, we can't live 20 feet apart in a community. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Everybody's, everybody's sheep. And I said, the sheep, the heck with the sheep. They're not going to change their minds because they're completely brainwashed. So Mm -hmm. I'm here to wake up the lions. I'm telling Mm -hmm. lions, don't be afraid to walk the road less traveled with Robert Frost. Okay. Walk that road like Jesus did and don't be afraid of the people yeah. attacking you because it doesn't nope. matter these people hate themselves they look in the mirror they don't like what they see so they want to attack you because their lives didn't turn out the way they wanted to because maybe they failed once and then they gave up i'm a 13 year overnight success in hollywood okay i failed over <laughs> and over again before i had my break because i use failure as a positive not a negative but we have a lot of people that are complete losers and they just given up on life and they want to blame you and the god they don't believe in and government they Please take care of me. Now, if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to join Antifa and I'm going to attack you. I'm going to wreck you. The t-
0: you're talking to a girl who lives 10 minutes from Portland. So I got a ah. lot of experience. What I got happened a experience with, city? It's unbelievable. You know, it's so sad. It's so, well, I was born there. I was born in downtown yeah. Portland, went to, uh, went to high school in Portland. I don't recognize a yeah. city I love. And I keep telling people, listen, God loves the city of Portland. And when yeah. are the Christians going to start actually being the church? When's the church going to leave the building and stop cowering yeah. behind the four walls of our buildings? Uh, this is the time. What a time to be alive! I'll tell you what. It's crazy. Let's talk he, about your. Let's talk about your movie for a second because let's do it. I'm really excited about this. Uh, Miracle in East Texas, based on a true story. Yep. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Um, it's an amazing script by Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon's an Oscar-nominated writer. He wrote The Hurricane for Denzel Washington, Herb, Kevin Costner, Showrunner in Highway to Heaven. He wrote 60 episodes of Michael Land's series. Good friend of ours. He co-wrote uh, uh, Let, uh, Let There Be Light along with my wife Sam. That had a great run in theaters about four and a half years ago. This story is a true story set in 1930 about two con men played by myself and uh, Mr. John Ratzenberger right there. We got, Nice. We got Lou Gassa Jr. We got my, my beautiful wife Sam's in it. And we got Tyler Maine. Tyler Maine's a great, great guy. Dude, you guy. married
0: up, man. Look at you.
1: It's so cool. And so it's a true story about two con men that went through Oklahoma and Texas wooing widows out of um, their money on fake oil wells right in the heart of the Depression, 1930 they would sell 500% of the shares. You can only have 100%. They declare dry hole, go and do it again. They get to Kilgore, Texas. They strike oil by accident. Largest oil find in the history of the world. They get arrested because of the 500%. And every widow from Oklahoma, Texas comes to the trial to watch these guys hang. It's got laughter, love, hope, redemption, faith. It's a wonderful PG rated movie. And um, we need people to fill these seats out now because it's Another one of those independent movies. We don't have a 100 million dollar advertising budget like they do for, you know, a Raiders of the Lost Tomb that just lost big money. They're not going to make their money back in that movie. Yeah, and yeah. we but we need people to fill these theaters up. We've if, if tickets are available now, go to sorbostudios.com. put a, plug in your your zip code and it'll show you what theaters near you. We're in 750 screens across the country. If we fill up those 2 days, we'll get more screenings, more more days. I get stopped all the time. Hotels, airports, whatever. We love what you do, and It's not Hercules or Andromeda anymore. It's God's not dead. What if, let there be light, left behind, rise of the Antichrist. They say, we need more of those movies. They said, I'm doing them. So come and fill the theaters up, get it out there. Word of mouth on God's not dead was massive. We need that same thing for this movie. And how uh, important uh, is it, Studios. Kevin? Com is a place to go.
0: Right before uh, we started recording, we were talking about how we've kind of, I think COVID really did this for sure. People sure. would rather stay home, right? They'd they're rather wait for the movie to come out and watch yeah. it on the internet in the privacy of their own home. Why is it important for people to show up to movies like yours at the theater?
1: Well, because the, we're the independent world, like I just said, we don't have that $100 million advertising budget that do for the next Pirates of the Caribbean, okay? They shoot $300 million movies. These are $3, 4000000 million movies, and they look much bigger than that because the equipment we have today is so cheap, I and mean, we can make- yeah. Filming you know, on your
0: iPhone. Yeah, kids
1: are making <laughs> great movies off yeah. their iPhones. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. this is a wonderful movie, and to get it out in theaters to have some kind of success with it, then you get a better chance to get it on Netflix or Amazon or whatever streaming service you're using. So it's important for these movies to hit and and become successful because otherwise they just get lost. And Hollywood keeps winning the culture war right now. Walt Disney said in the 1950s. Movies and television will influence our youth. I think old Walt was right. And old Walt is spinning his grave, what Disney is doing to his namesake right now.
0: Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. I'm wondering if uh, if a parent is listening to this and they think, man, is this an appropriate film for my seven-year-old? Yeah. Would my 17-year-old like it? Sam was telling me that she took uh, your daughter, Octavia, to see a movie with her. And she was embarrassed by it. She was, you know? They said, "Hey, this is a family movie." She gets there. She's sitting in the theater, and she's like, "Actually, it no, had a very physical isn't...
1: sex scene." I remember this movie now. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This You're is, sitting there with is your neighbors, a PG, like
1: PG-rated movie. You can see it's great for family. It won ten film festivals. Family favorite, audience favorite, judges favorite, best romantic comedy. They can't pigeonhole it because it kind of it, it, it's it's all-encompassing. Anybody of all religion, non-religion, faith, age, they can go see this movie. They'll love this movie. It's a fun, fun movie.
0: I love it. One more question before we wrap this up: uh, the future of movies, as you see it. I mean, you guys, you and Sam, are really putting your your life's energy yeah. into creating things that are actually good for families and honoring to the community. Where do you see the entertainment going? Entertainment business really going? You think we're going to continue? Are they learning anything at all from the way their movies are are flopping or they're pushing the transgender culture?
1: Yeah, you you think they would? They have they have done they have done some bigger movies with bigger A list stars. That had, you know, that had a heaven feel to it. And and so they're kind of getting it, but they keep, there's an agenda there. They want to keep pushing out, which is amazing to me because it's not their core audience. There's 80 million homes out there that want the kind of movies that I do. And it's weird to me that they just want to blow that off because they're still a capitalist business. They can pretend all they want. We believe in socialism. Now, come on. They still come on they still they they want to uh, make money uh, we believe in socialism hold my iPhone so, Yeah, me. look at Netflix and Amazon I mean I, <laughs> I, look if the Taliban had a fundraising uh capabilities uh Hollywood would be first to sign up for it to get money yeah, from yeah. so uh, to yeah. me it's like um I don't think it's gonna die I still think there's something wonderful about going to those big screens and getting that popcorn and sitting down um mm-hmm. but Hollywood is still look at God bless Tom Cruise he, he keeps a very Level thing about where he stands politically, religiously, but he makes movies that appeal to everybody, and he has mm-hmm. huge success with it because he gets it. um They're about to lose big money on Indiana Jones. Because what do they do? Yeah. They made the woman tougher than him. They took away, yeah. you know, his powers, and everything is about demasculating men and emasculating, I should say, mm-hmm. and uh making women more powerful. They want to make women more like men and men more like women. This have an androgynous society. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. I got a book coming out. It came out, uh, came out this month, September, bravebooks.com. Please go to bravebooks.com. A lot of good stuff coming with it. It's called The Test of Linehood, and it deals with letting boys be boys. And it's a great story about teaching boys how to become men as they grow up.
0: I love it. We're getting ready, actually, here at the show to partner with Brave Books. Awesome. I, I've been working with Kurt Cameron. I'm yep. loving having you on here, too. There's some really good things happening, and I think this is a, this is encouraging for my audience to hear. Because in the midst of all the darkness and the you know impending mm-hmm. lockdowns and what we hear on the news every day, God's people are doing good things in the culture. And I so appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you one more time if they want to go get tickets to your movie?
1: Sorbostudios.com. Sorbostudios.com. Follow me at Sorbs on Twitter. If you want sarcastic truth, I deliver it.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Face,
1: Facebook Facebook took me down two and a half years ago for posting the truth. They won't let me get back on everything I posted that that was misinformation. Uh, conspiracy. Turned stories. out to be true. Everything came true. So why don't they put me back on? Cause I'll tell you why Zuckerberg's a wuss. He wants to take on Musk in a fight. I'm more than happy to wrestle that, that little wussy in any cage <laughs> <game> match.
0: <laughs> I actually, I would buy tickets for that guy. I just want to get so, back
1: on Facebook. Come on. They took, they took 1.4 million followers away because I was seeing the truth. Hollywood and social media hates the truth. They hate it. That's
0: right. They hate the truth, which yep. is why we need to support what you guys are doing. I'm so glad you took the time today. We're like two ships in the night, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for making this happen. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
1: it. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend. SorboStudios.com.
0: Thanks, you guys, for tuning in today for this exciting interview with my friend, Kevin Sorbo. I really want to encourage you guys. Let's blow this thing out of the water and send a message to Hollywood that they won't forget. Buy tickets to Miracle in East Texas right now by going to SorboStudios.com. And uh, keep praying, you guys. Remember the mandates. If the mandates come back, do not comply. You guys see, I'm wearing my shirt today for my run for Congress. No more mandates. Uh, You guys, we got to start bringing common sense back into the United States, supporting movies that support families and actually putting our money where our values are. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.